The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We all have those thoughts that will not die. Along with many other thought distractions, these can keep us from thinking clearly and focusing on what we desire and who we can be. This is Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. What if you could learn to command the power of thought and make the laws of the universe work in your favor? It can be done, and it just takes some adjustments to become a thought genius. Now, here is your host, Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin. Well, welcome to this week's uh, episode of Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage and uh, learning how to command the power of thought. And we certainly have um, what I would declare as a thought genius with us today, a, a good friend and uh, colleague, April Joy Ford. Uh, April is a uh, best-selling author and a radio host of You Were Not Alone. And um, uh, she has been able to turn her tragedies into triumph as a motivational coach. So after uh, spending time as an engineer for 13 years at uh, Intel, she realized that uh, her faith was greater than her fear. And so she walked away from all of that in order to write, speak, and teach, and is doing that uh, now. So being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and becoming widowed and a single parent at the, the age of 32, April's tragedies uh, give her an opportunity to hit the reset button uh, on life to help people discover um, what uh, she was and what it truly means to be uh, living life to to your own desires rather than captured in your fear. She teaches others uh, how to do the same um, with that, and that's uh, truly an amazing, remarkable situation. So her best sellers are... um, the the books uh, you are not alone how to rise above life challenges uh chase the challenge and conquer uh she's been featured on national and international uh media including her coaching uh, break breaking through the barriers uh using the four steps we'll be talking about that quite a bit today uh and her brand started the vision of uh how Uh, We can all share and spread our joys and blessings, and her dedication expanded uh, to a nonprofit, Joy's Gift, G-I-F-T, and uh, we'll let her explain what that means, empowering uh, women and youth experiences who have uh, significant loss or sexual abuse. April, it is so good to be spending time with you again, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Fadden. I'd love to spend some time with you and your audience today to talk about the power of our thoughts and how do we turn our tragedies into triumph with our thoughts. Yeah, sometimes they're big tragedies and sometimes they're small tragedies, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it's of great importance to each individual when they're going through those. So uh, you have a really interesting uh, bio 
And uh, you have experienced more than most people will ever experience in a lifetime. And I think we'd all like to know a little bit more about April Joy Ford and the journey that you've been on. Uh, Take us back in time and give us a little bit more insight as to uh, how you got where you are today. Well, that's a very uh, interesting um, question that you always start off with because people are always curious. And one of the questions that I get is, well, how could you, you know, you're only 30-something years old when they look at me or meet me or see a picture online, they see the smile on my face. What could you possibly go through in, in your lifetime to experience such extremities? And why do you, um, what gives you the authority to speak and teach about it? Because, again, all they see is this smile on my face and what they don't realize that it came with some heavy and deep scars. You know, all they see is a smile with joy and life, but it wasn't always so. It's like you introduced in my bio. And I'll start off in 2010. I started asking life some very tough questions. I'm sure your audience can relate. I started asking myself, why do I feel so unfulfilled? Because at that point in my life, I reached my version, what I thought was the American dream. I was successful with my career, having a six-figure corporate career as a senior engineer at Intel. I had the perfect marriage, two beautiful kids, the houses, the cars, traveled all over the world, but yet I was still seeking for something greater and bigger and asking, what's my purpose? What's my meaning in life? Is there more to this? Is there a better way of doing, having, and being? And I really started asking life those tough questions because a spark was ignited within me. Again, staying in 2010 on Memorial Day, my husband and I, Dr. Fan, were just going on the two-month paid sabbatical, just us and the kids traveling the world. We were going to go on the cruise to the Bahamas, Puerto Rico, taking the kids to Disneyland. But that morning, you know how you have that, that gut feeling that something was wrong? And my husband started breathing like buckets and buckets of sweat started to pour all over his body. He had a hard time breathing. And I started to get scared and panic because he started to say his last rites as if he knew he was dying at that moment. So I called 911, and when the paramedics came, it felt like I was in a movie. I was watching a movie in a movie because everybody else around me was just moving in slow motion. That's how slow it was. So they let me sit in the front seat of the ambulance, and by the time we pulled into the emergency room, all I could hear in the intercom was two words, and it was code blue. When I got home, I was faced with a tough question coming from my two kids. At the time, they were only four and five, and they asked, you know, being cheerful, little kids, Mommy, where's Daddy? So it was at that moment that prompted all of those questions that I was asking life. And honestly, if I wanted the truth to all those questions, I had to be honest with myself and others because my story actually started before I became a widow and a single parent that day. Starting at the age of nine years old, my stepfather raped me, and this lasted for 10 years. Um, Imagine me being in high school at the age of 16. I got pregnant, so I was carrying the child of my stepfather. My confidence was stripped away from me, my worthiness, my self-esteem, even my trust in my own family and friends. At that point, I had to go through a very um, painful process of adopting my baby and giving away my baby up for adoption. And I lived 
and fear. I was consumed in fear, a lot of shame, guilt, and isolation, and I really felt alone. So that was basically the journey of who April Joy Ford was and sets the stage of where I am today that has prepared me to write, speak, and teach in what I do now. So you have experienced so much trauma in your life, and, and you, yet you've managed to come out of it uh, with such a positive message. Uh, so what is your secret for, for doing that? How, how can other people survive uh, any traumatic event that they're going through? As you know, sometimes your, your thoughts and your emotions tend to hold you hostage in those situations. Mm-hmm. What was the secret for you? Well, first, you know, I'm always the first one to say that I'm not perfect by any means, but I can say I've come a long way, and that's what I show others to do. You know, if I could do it, you know, anybody else can. Your your situation may not be as extreme as mine. It could just be a, um, a simple life challenges because the reality is none of us are ever immune to life hurdles and challenges. But basically, I've developed a step-by-step approach, and honestly, it takes several sessions of coaching people to get past the event of the actual trauma. But essentially what we're doing is focusing on their true purpose as opposed to the trauma itself. So by going through the process of coaching, it allows people to discover who they're truly meant to be instead of letting their situation or setbacks or adversity define them. You know, I was, I was coaching a lady before and she was, stuck in a rut in her life, kind of like when you say when your, your thoughts are letting you, um, you know, becoming a hostage of your thoughts, and nothing was really working out for her. She didn't have her own place. Money was always tight. She felt alone and isolated, even with the relationship that she did have, and nothing was really working until uh, we started working together. I was coaching her and allowing her to recognize that her negative self-talk and thoughts, her negative thoughts fueled her fear, and clouded her perception. And I was able to get her to a place where she was able to expand her awareness to break through those fears, starting with what was going on in her mindset. So why do you think uh, so many people, when they go through uh, a tragedy or uh, begin to live their life in some sort of isolation, why do you think they tend to want to stay there rather than than get out of that, and and they'll go round and round and round with those negative thoughts. Yeah, I call this. Um, you could picture quicksand. I call this the quicksand of adversity. And Dr. Fan, I'm sure you can expand more when we're dealing with adversity. We're basically our brain acts in survival mode. That's the reptilian part of our brain. So what we do is we tend to act and overreact to thoughts and situations and circumstances. And oftentimes we become paralyzed in in our own fear, in our own thoughts. Um, Imagine yourself just walking along in life and there's, you know, a a puddle of dirt out there. It could be a little ripple or or a boulder of adversity, unexpected, and you step into it and then it's actually quicksand. And what quicksand does is when we overreact to things, we start thrashing our arms, you know, kicking our legs frantically, and, and, you know, the faster and faster we overreact, 
we soon realize that, you know, we're actually sinking deeper and deeper and faster and faster in the quicksand of adversity. So when we let our negative thoughts, their emotions, their circumstance overpower us and overtake us, it's like being in that quicksand that, like you said, you're going in a downward, downward spiral into that negativity and you feel like you're just getting stuck, stuck deeper and deeper in, in your quicksand of adversity and know that when you're in that situation, you know, you can't do it alone. You really need an outside force, somebody outside who has that rope to pull you out so that you're not frozen and paralyzed in that quicksand. Yeah, so when people are, are uh, being pulled down in that quicksand, <clears throat> which is really a good analogy here, um, do you think that quicksand has to get up to their nose before they're ready to change? And, and I'm sure you've talked to and worked with people, you know, some are ready to change and some aren't. Um, is, is there kind of a, a magic formula, if you will, to get people to the place where they're ready to change? Because I know in with many people that I've worked with, there are just some people that want to wallow in that because of the familiarity. They, uh, it's hard for them to decide they're going to get out of that because it causes them to go into an unknown for them where you as a coach probably don't see it as an unknown. Would that well, be correct? Kind of, yeah, yeah, it's a good um, picture that you painted. Like, do you see people, you know, making a change only when, you know, the quick sends up to their nose and their eyes and they can't see anything? Sometimes, unfortunately, people hit rock bottom before they realize, okay, enough is enough. Enough pain is enough. You know, I suffered enough. What can I do to make a change and see a change in my life and situation? And oftentimes, again, it's really up to the individual to make that decision to know that there's still a full life ahead of them. And we have to be that beacon of light and hope and extend that rope and let them know that you're not alone in this quicksand and we're here to help you. But, you know, we, we can't rescue somebody when, they, when they're not ready. And all that we can do is, you know, share, live by example and lead them along the way. Yeah, it seems like one of the key elements in that is um, inspiration. That if somebody can, can get that feeling of inspiration which leads to hope and then to, yeah, I can do that, that um, you as a coach are able to provide that inspiration mainly because you've been there in a bigger pool of quicksand than maybe they are. And, and so do you find that, that people are looking at that going, oh, yeah, well, if she could do it, I can do it, or do they put some resistance to that? No, absolutely. Before you take on any type of actions and decisions, you first have to be inspired. You know, what's going to inspire you to make a change? And a lot of it is is really having a reference point, recognizing, like you said, well, if he or she can do it, why not me? And they're, they're dealing with the same stuff that I am. They're going through the same grief or loss or abuse or maybe just overwhelmed of, of being a single parent. Whatever your adversity is, when you have a reference point that somebody has done it before, it may not be the exact situation as yours, but you, it gives you hope and it gives you inspiration that, you no, know, you can do it too. You can do it. 
Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of that uh, deals with uh, what your personal beliefs are about uh, the ability to change and so forth. And, and we know that uh, beliefs uh, get uh, embedded in our thinking just by thinking the same thought over and over and over again becomes part of our uh, subconscious belief system. Um, do you think that people tend to surround themselves with people who have the same belief that they do? So if they don't believe they can change, you know, they surround themselves with, with people who are telling them the same things. People don't change, nothing happens, you know, what makes you think you can do it? And, and those people who are more successful tend to surround themselves with uh, people who are going to help them change that belief and think about things differently minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day, week to week, month to month. Yeah, and going back to the the illustration of the quicksand, I mean, who do you have around you as your support network? Are they continuing to pull you down deeper into that quicksand, or do you have people who are extending the rope to get you out of your situation? Because you brought up a good point with our belief system. It really starts with, I call it the PBDA formula, perceptions, beliefs, decisions, and actions. You know, your perceptions come from your thoughts, what you hear, what you see, what you read. You know, what is your environment influencing, influencing you and your thoughts? That Those are your perceptions, and your perceptions turns into your personal beliefs. What do you believe is true and not true, good and not bad, you know, whatever, how you um, tie your meanings and associations with those perceptions. And then what do you do with those beliefs? You make decisions from your personal beliefs. And with those decisions, you act on on those decisions. So, again, it all starts with your perceptions and your thoughts. And go back, start questioning, you know, where you stand today in your quicksand of adversity. Do you have people who are going to continue to pull you down in your quicksand or do you have people around you who have a rope that can pull you out of your situation? Yeah, it seems to take a lot of courage for people to get to the point where they're willing to uh, cut those people loose because if that's who they are surrounded with, um, and and sometimes those are family members where you have to kind of uh, distance yourself from those people and begin to find uh, others that you can uh, pull around yourself. So we have so many more things to talk about. Let's take a, a short break. Uh, you're listening to Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you find that some of your hopes and dreams aren't happening the way you thought they would? Maybe your power of intention needs fine-tuning. The latest scientific research indicates that the problem is related to your subconscious belief patterns. They determine your behavior, as well as create the message that is being broadcast into the field. Only 5% of what we think about comes through the conscious thinking part of our brain, and the rest is processed through the subconscious part of our brain. You need the Thought Genius Kit. The Thought Genius Kit is an amazing combination of tools and technology that is not sold in stores anywhere. But you can get it from ThoughtGenius.com. If you want to know what your subconscious thinks and feels about something, all you have to do is think about it and watch the indicators on the screen. 
The Thought Genius Kit also comes with a lifetime subscription for creating your own mind movies. Get more information and read scientific research before you order the Thought Genius Kit at ThoughtGenius.com. That's ThoughtGenius.com. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. To reach Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radioshow at thoughtgenius.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, we're back with my guest, April Joy Ford, and we have been discussing how to turn uh, tragedy into triumph and being able to take command of your thoughts. And um, it, I think we'll, we'll pick, kind of pick up here uh, with the type of thoughts that, uh, that maybe how you were able to change those thoughts. And uh, I know one technique that, that I'll often discuss with people is when we get stuck in that, that negative thinking process, and, and actually 75% of our thoughts are negative, whether we are aware of that or not. And I think one of the reasons is that contrast is such an important part of everything. It's You need to know what you don't want, which is the negative side of that, in order to focus on what you do want. Uh, and so, when people tend to get stuck at the extreme level, we've been talking about that quicksand of, of uh, tragedy there. Uh, when they get stuck in that and their thoughts go round and round and round and deal with that, um, and you not only have the thought process, and so there is the uh, vibration and energy that is around those thoughts. So as you have a thought, whether it's wanted or unwanted, and you hold that thought, uh, for a particular period of time, that thought has a particular vibration. So it's vibrating at a particular frequency and attracting other thoughts that are like that. And so when you get stuck in that revolving door of the negative thoughts, how do you push it to the next level? Well, one thing that I've um, understood and have talked to many people about is um, the, the first thing you need to do is interrupt that pattern, the, the pattern of the negative thoughts, and, um, you know, move it to a neutral, you know, that things like, um, well, there are other people who have it a lot worse than I do, uh, and maybe, I you know, things are always working out for me, or I can find solutions to that, or there are other people who are willing to help. Get that into the neutral position because that's what that's going to do is it's going to raise the vibration of your thought. Uh, 
And by increasing the vibration, it moves you up from despair, you know, maybe through anger. And the faster the vibration, uh, the the better the thought is. So you get up into contentment and hopefulness in that neutral zone. And then you can uh, start thinking back again about more specifics that relate to the thoughts. Well, in order to change my life, I could start doing this and then think about the uh, the very specifics of what you would do, and that also raises the vibration of your thought energy. And so then you're getting up into contentment and hopefulness and love and uh, uh, that kind of inspiration, and then it's a matter of being able to hold on to that. So did you go through a process like that, or did you have your own technique that you found that uh, when you got stuck in that quicksand of tragedy, um, how did how did it allow you to create the triumph over the tragedy? Well, first, I, I'd like to echo on your point when you said we first have to recognize, you know, the thoughts, having a reference of the thoughts that we do want and don't want to experience, and I'll give your audience um, a reference point with my personal story. You know, with all that threads of adversity from loss to loneliness to abuse that I face, you know, any normal person would have the type of thoughts, you know, I'm just like everybody else, I'm no exception. I felt hopelessness, I felt despair, like you mentioned, angry at certain points. You know, I felt really alone. And even, I must admit, Dr. Fan, I even had suicidal thoughts. Um, I wish I could share this picture with you guys on page 28 of You're Not Alone, and I'm going to give your listeners a free copy of it when they go to myjoyagain.com. But in this picture is a silhouette where I illustrate how my mind, body, soul, and my thoughts were compromised or held hostage because it was driven by my emotion, deprivation, and stress. Basically, I was holding on, like being in a quicksand. I was going, you know, faster and faster, sticking deeper and faster. I was holding on to anger and fear, those vibrational um, frequencies, shying away, you know, denying depression. I was carrying resentment. I was feeling doubt and anxiety. Um, you know, some of the suicidal thoughts, I remember driving to work one day, and this was still during my internship at Intel, and I just wondered, again, when you're wondering, having that self-talk, is it a positive self-talk or a negative self-talk, I, I was wondering to myself and thinking out loud, wouldn't it just be easier if I drove off the cliff and the name of the exit to work in Folsom, the, the Prairie City Road exit, um, going to Intel as I was going to work, but something pulled me the other way and I held on to my other thoughts, my dreams. I knew that those dreams were promised to me and I just believed. And just having enough belief and having that thought, you know, within me pulled me enough to not drive off the cliff that day. And as far as vibrating in fear, I I constantly lived in fear because anything would set off my stepfather and other forms of abuse from mental, emotional, physical, and again, going back to sexual abuse, I remember carrying such a heavy burden on my shoulders, even when I was only nine years old, because he threatened me that he would hurt my mother if I ever told anybody about his misconduct. And speaking again about fear, adding to that fear of of turmoil, 
when my stepfather was finally in jail, you know, he managed to put a death threat on me, and I actually had to get my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, and a friend of mine to escort me back and forth to work and school because I was taking summer school classes. And, you know, being the parking situation at the school that I was at wasn't so safe at night, and I had to get two guys to escort me back and forth. I mean, can you imagine still living in fear even though your predator is locked up? That's how much fear I was I was living in. And as far as some of the thoughts, um, as far as grief and, and loneliness when you go through that trauma, just like any normal person, I was going through the five cycles of grief when I became a widow. At one point, I was really in denial. You know, like I shared with you, my husband and I were supposed to go on a two-month paid sabbatical to travel. So here I was in the denial phase of grief. I, I was still thinking, having those thoughts. I don't know where these thoughts came from. That I was, oh, I could still go on the on the trips that we had planned instead of attending to the funeral arrangements and also vibrating at that frequency added on or propelled me further to my quicksand. I was angry. I became angry. I recall one time I was working out with my sister, Kelly. We went to the gym, and I just looked at her, uh, probably shocked her with my my mean face. I asked her, why did the unhealthy people get to live while my husband died so young, and he was young, fit, and healthy? And I guess she was just shocked and just really didn't know what to say other than, okay, do you think it's time to go home? So, again, going back with those um, thoughts, like you said, Dr. Fannin, it's really having a reference point and recognizing what thoughts do you want to have versus the thoughts you do want to have as an example. It's really breaking those patterns of thoughts and seeing okay, what's really available? Is this the state do I want to live my life in and being angry and being resentful or living in fear? Does anybody really want to live in fear, Could be consumed in fear? You can't do a simple task such as walking to your car without having um, you know, bodyguards and escorts. Yeah, all of those things are, are it, it's a very hard way to live. And, and I'm sure that uh, many of us have experienced fear to some degree or another, or we wouldn't uh, be human if we didn't. Um, <clears throat> and, and as we experience that fear for whatever is causing that to come up, um, one thing that is kind of interesting as we look at the, uh, the brain concept of that, that when you have uh, something that is causing the amygdala part of the brain to fire, which deals a lot with our fight or flight and the mammalian part of our brain that that uh, uh, deals with some of those ancient things, that uh, we needed that part of our brain to keep us safe in the world, and yet it still functions that way. And the other uh, element of the amygdala is it rank orders our emotions. Uh, what do I need right now to deal with this situation, and what skills do I have to deal with that? And so I, I think that if we understand that when our amygdala is firing a lot in that protection mode of trying to keep us protected, that that becomes a habit of our thinking, that it continually fires the amygdala again and again and again and again, and pretty soon it starts to generalize its association. So it's much like the uh, 
Uh, you take a young child in to have a an, a, a shot of some kind, and uh, they don't like it too much, and so they get a fear of needles. And uh, uh, as they get a little older um, and continue to have that amygdala firing off, that the fear of going to see the doctor because they're going to poke you with a needle, that it spreads to uh, uh, people in white coats and then it gets uh, more and more firing and generalizes a little bit more that the smell of a doctor's office can create that association uh, and then spreads a little more to every time you drive by a clinic or a hospital that it tends to fire off those associations and eventually that becomes part of our belief system and we need to kind of crack that code and in fact uh, we we very often can see patterns in people's brain maps and we were discussing this when you had a brain map uh, done here at my office and uh, some of that data revealed that uh, you have the same markers that we will see in advanced meditators. And we also see patterns of people who have uh, symptoms that are associated with attention deficit disorder or anxiety or depression simply because um, the neurons that fire together, wire together, and, and essentially those patterns of how the brain functions uh, becomes uh, part of the normal process of how your brain operates. So we literally can become, you might say, addicted to particular emotions, and fear is certainly one of those, just as much as love and joy is also uh, part of that. Um, did you find that uh, interesting or unexpected when we were looking at your brain map and showing you that, uh, wow, you have uh, all of these markers that are associated with people who uh, consistently do well in meditation. Yeah, I was very impressed of the, you know, when I did the brain map in your, with your office of the level of detail that it shows. I mean, how cool is it to see pictures of your brain and how it's functioning and what can you do with that information? And I want to tell people, you know what, nobody comes out of the womb knowing how to meditate um, for like most people, especially us women, you know, we could be watching a movie yet writing a grocery list in our head at the same time. So quieting the brain to getting into the mode of meditation could be a quite challenge. And at first, I was the same way. And I realized that when I work with some of my clients, they were actually having the same challenge. So I came up with an easy process to ease into meditation. Again, since we were talking about, okay, what do you do with these thought patterns? Meditation is one of the, the key techniques in integrating that and being able to, like you said, interrupt those thought patterns. And I call it the word cloud exercise. So if anybody's listening um, now, you might want to listen to the replay of what you guys are doing this while you're driving the word cloud exercise. So if you could sit comfortably to close your eyes. Imagine yourself sitting as a passenger in the front seat of the car and you're leaning your shoulder on the window as if you want to fall asleep. 
And as you look out the window up at the sky, you see clouds that form words. And these words are your thoughts. They could be work, cooking, groceries, bills, traveling. And as the car continues to drive forward, the clouds disappear to the back. And you're only able to look up and onward. So there's no turning your head or staring in the back window. And as you view each word cloud coming, you see it and you let it pass. Don't focus or analyze on it. Just observe it and at that moment let it pass. Do this for at least three minutes and you'll find that your mind and your thoughts begin to calm down and that will get you, you know, used to getting into the state of meditation because I know a lot of people have a fear of just hearing the word meditation. They have to be sitting on top of the mountain in an orange robe and they're not allowed to make a movement. You know, if they have an itchy spot on their forehead, they can't move or they have so many thoughts. They can't calm their thoughts, but if they practice this word cloud exercise and just get into a space where their, their body is calm and that they can see that their thoughts are slowly coming to a point of calmness, then you'll begin to really be still with your thoughts and you'll start to increase your endurance. Maybe the first day you try this, it's only, you know, one minute. You know, then increase it to two minutes and three minutes. Maybe go back to two minutes and then 20 minutes one day. As you, you know, basically build your endurance of sitting with your thoughts, being calm with your thoughts, being present and recognizing it. So, again, I don't encourage you guys to do this while you're driving. You might want to listen to the replay of Dr. Fadden's show to, to try the word cloud exercise, but I do believe that meditation for me and others has helped break those patterns of, of thoughts and being aware of what thoughts are we having. You know, that's uh, such a great technique. And, you know, we, I could spend hours just talking about what the brain do, does with that. But uh, more importantly, it is uh, effective, you know, and it does change the neurochemical patterns that are going on in the brain. It, it, and as you continue to do those exercises, we talk about, you know, the uh, neural pathways that fire together, wire together, and then it becomes very comfortable, and uh, then you can do it very, very easily. We have uh, so many more topics that, that I want to cover, but uh, let's take a short break right now. You're listening to Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Do you find that some of your hopes and dreams aren't happening the way you thought they would? Maybe your power of intention needs fine-tuning. The latest scientific research indicates that the problem is related to your subconscious belief patterns. They determine your behavior as well as create the message that is being broadcast into the field. Only 5% of what we think about comes through the conscious thinking part of our brain, and the rest is processed through the subconscious part of our brain. 
you need the Thought Genius Kit. The Thought Genius Kit is an amazing combination of tools and technology that is not sold in stores anywhere. But you can get it from ThoughtGenius.com. If you want to know what your subconscious thinks and feels about something, all you have to do is think about it and watch the indicators on the screen. The Thought Genius Kit also comes with a lifetime subscription for creating your own mind movies. Get more information and read scientific research before you order the Thought Genius Kit at ThoughtGenius.com. That's ThoughtGenius.com. Do you feel alone? Even when you're surrounded by others, do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April J. Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to help you find out who you are. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. To reach Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radioshow at thoughtgenius.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, we're back with my guest, April Joy Ford, and we have been discussing uh, all of the elements of how to turn uh, your thoughts from tragedy to resilience and uh, and high-performing uh, parts of that. Uh, just before we went to the break, uh, I, I uh, had a question running through my mind that everyone is so different um, in you know their approach to life experiences of the, that they have had uh, and and how they uh, create or destroy relationships. So do you have a formula that helps people get through these challenges if everybody is so different and every person has different needs? How, how do you handle that with people? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I, you know what? I really recognize that everybody is different and each circumstance is unique on its own. However, you know, trauma is trauma. You know, for example, if one person is feeling depressed, maybe because they lost their job, any of the other person is also feeling depressed, but maybe because they broke up with a partner, I'm sure if you were to do a brain scan on them, the markers would still indicate, you know, trauma is happening in this part of the brain, no matter, you know, the inflection point that it, that it came from, and essentially, mentally and emotionally, both parties, both individuals are experiencing the same thing, and some of the basics that I teach in my process is really knowing how to come up with a plan to move past the set, you know, the setback, no matter the varying inflection point that it came from, and knowing, really giving people the, the support network that they need so that you don't have to do this alone. And one of my favorite parts of the process, um, as I mentioned um, in one of our previous segments, is 
um, the free um, downloadable copy of You Are Not Alone. I'm giving that to your audience today as well as a very powerful tool and technique. And it's my inspirational journal, again, at myjoyagain.com. And it's a very powerful technique when you're able to write down and recognize your thoughts and emotions so that when you're ready to implement a customized blueprint for you to move beyond your circumstance, the journal can be your starting point and your reference point on how to create that blueprint for you. Actually, both my publications came from my own journal entries. You know, um, maybe you could share a little bit more. We were talking about that four-step process earlier uh, that you have developed. Um, How has that four-step process helped other people? Well, the four steps essentially is the basis or the basic system that starts with recognize. You're, You're recognizing the barriers and roadblocks that you're dealing with. You know, what is it in your quicksand adversity that we need to move past and beyond? Is it your fear? Is it your negative self, self-talk? self And what do we do with that? We respond by creating a recovery plan to break through those barriers. And the third is reevaluate the plan. We all know that in life, even the best plans have hiccups along, you know, hiccups along the way, but have a reference point and a plan to start with. And fourth, rebalance because relationships are important to each and every one of us. Like you said, who do you surround yourself that's going to pull you down deeper in your quicksand of adversity or pull you up? And to rebalance those healthy relationships, you know, it's going to have to start with you first. Do you have a positive um, thought process that is, you know, progressive with and about yourself? So these are just the four foundational steps and within each, I coach people through various levels, such as being able to recognize, you know, what trauma or adversity that their brain, you know, typically when we go back to that story, you said how our brain acts in the amygdala parts gets fired, being in survival mode, it ignores solutions because we're not operating in the right headspace. We're just surviving. We're not, you know, looking for anything rational that typically makes sense. So going through the levels of recognizing what's really um, going on and being able to provide a solution and responding with the best solution as we talked about earlier with each unique situation. So um, could you share a couple of stories with us of people that you've worked with and, and how this has been so beneficial for them? Yes, I was um, working with a lady, and she was at a place in her life where she, as she described it, I'm not putting words in her mouth, she was stuck in a rut. You know, nothing was working out. She didn't like, she didn't have her own place. Uh, money was always tight. Her car was breaking, breaking down. Her relationships were suffering. She really felt alone and isolated. And we identified, we were able to recognize that it was her, her negative self-talk, her negative thoughts that fueled her fear and clouded her perceptions to really see what was possible for her. So in working with her, I was able to get her to break through her her fears, interrupt her negative self-talk and thoughts, and get her to a a place where she was able to recognize, okay, what's really possible? And just, you know, within a short amount of time, within eight weeks, her life turned around. Instead of being stuck in a rut, she... Um, was happy with getting her own place. She had a new job, so money was never an issue anymore. And she was able to develop a healthier relationship with herself first. 
And that naturally expanded to the relationships surrounding her with her friends and family. And another lady that I was working with, she was deeply saddened and depressed, lonely in grief, understandably so, because she lost her 8-year-old son to cancer. And just having so many random thoughts of chaotic thoughts, she couldn't function. She couldn't focus. She didn't have clarity, even just in the morning of getting out of the bed of, okay, what am I going to wear today? Am I going to eat? You know, that, that was such a big, overwhelming decision in the past. And getting her to a place of calmness and stillness and being able to uh, recognize where her thoughts were coming from and where she wanted to be by having a plan set out for her with little baby incremental steps, you know, baby steps. It doesn't have to be a gigantic um, plan or a blueprint ahead of you because we're all, you know, she was already in a state of overwhelming and grief and despair. So I was able to customize a plan for her to get her through her day with um, being able to have, you know, dysfunction and clarity throughout her day. And uh, uh, those are so uh, compelling stories and, and, you know, just listening to them offers hope, I think, to everybody that uh, they can be in control of those things if they simply choose to. <clears throat> can we talk uh, a little bit about your book, uh, You Were Not Alone? That uh, uh, Give us some of the, the highlights of the book that people it, uh, might be able to glean from that. And it's such a wonderful gift that you're offering people uh, in the listening audience here to, to get a uh, free copy of that. Um, what, what are they in for when they read it? Well, first off, I want to clarify, because one of the most uh, popular questions I get, well, is you're not alone, only for women? <laughs> well, first of all, none of us, guys or gals, are ever immune to life's challenges. So, no, it's not. Um, it does speak, obviously, from a women's perspective, not only mine as the author, but also have incorporated other people's um, stories of adversity. But I'm sure, you know, guys out there can relate to understanding what their wives or sisters or moms, um, what they're going through. And it wouldn't be a bad idea for guys to read a copy for themselves, too. But You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges is really about finding who you are and how do we do that? How do we discover the powerful you, the authentic you? And really the, the key secret is it's how you handle life challenges. How do you react to those to those boulders of adversity when they present themselves um, to you in, in, in your path in life. It's basically how you react and who you become in the process. How do you arise in discovering who you are? And really, in that process, you transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. And I believe that our tragedies can present us the opportunity to, like for me, hit the reset button on our life by allowing us to discover who we're truly meant to be by how, again, how we rise above life's challenges. Yeah, everybody's going to have those those challenges, whether you're a man or a woman. And, uh, yeah, it sounds like there are so many good elements of that book that, that it really is not necessarily for just women, but uh, a lot of men could utilize that themselves. And I think that's maybe one of the, one aspect that, that is very common with a, a lot of men is that uh, uh, they 
they're afraid to share some of those ideas, thoughts, emotions that go through them because uh, as uh, even from childhood that uh, the male of our species tends to be taught how to deal with their emotions different than women and uh, perhaps that's a lot more detrimental. You know, we, we uh, do some work with veterans and first responders in some of the things that we do and uh, post-traumatic stress. All of these tragedies can, can turn into that element that we call PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And it seems like the tips and information that you're providing in your book that you're not alone uh, can transfer over to uh, really anybody who deals with unwanted thoughts and experiences. Would you say that that's yes. pretty true? Yes. Absolutely, especially the point that you brought up with men and dealing with their emotions or maybe in society they grew up where you're not supposed to talk about or even highlight yeah, men don't, men don't cry. your emotions. Right, right. Right. But they do. That's a very, very good point. <laughs> and you're supposed uh, to, but you are a human. So. Yeah, well, it's all about having uh, balanced emotions. There, There is a time and a place uh, where uh, emotions are a good thing. Uh, my wife could tell you that I'm... I'm the kind of person that cries in movies, you know. I just get emotional and get connected with the people up on the screen, and and uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing. But uh, there was a time in my life when when I would push those kind of emotions down and not feel them. And so maybe that's something that happens with with a lot of uh, men in the audience out there. Uh, do you have any additional tips you want to throw? Out? Yeah, um, before I get to the tips, I wanted to add, since you brought up um, emotions, that there's a good movie out there called Inside Out. I know it's a kid's movie, but I also endorse it for grown-ups to go see it. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows yeah, you the types of emotions that we have, our thoughts, and how we associate it, how our brain works, you know, all that, um, what you're talking about, their neural pathways and the vibrations. It gives you a, a good high-level understanding of how our brain works, again, dealing with our emotions and our thoughts and our behaviors. So go see that movie, Inside Out, with the free endorsement. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I recommend it as well. It's just a, a very, very delightful um, movie that, uh, that you'll learn a lot about yourself just by watching uh, these cartoon characters going through um, mm-hmm. what we all experience. Um, we only have about a minute left here, so if people want to know more about you and the work you do and, and maybe want to get some coaching from you, could you go back over your website and how they can get in contact sure. with more information? Yeah, yeah. I am doing various media appearances across the country. And again, to get your gift, I'm giving it to your audience at myjoyagain.com. And really, it's for people who are ready to regain control from the self-imposed barriers that's really stifling their freedom to enjoy the life that they're truly meant to have and live their life to the fullest. I'm, I'm giving it to your audience who, who are ready to read that copy at myjoyhen.com. And if you enter your name and email, I'll, I'll give you updates on my upcoming Break Through the Barriers workshop. Oh, that, that's such a great gift to, 
uh, April. Uh, I'd really like to thank uh, April Joy Ford for taking time out of her busy uh, speaking, coaching, and teaching schedule to be here with us today and offer us uh, wisdom, insight, and inspiration. And uh, that in and of itself is a great gift to all. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for tuning in to the show this week. Please join Dr. Jeffrey Fannin again for another edition of Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week possible. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.